Hey, welcome to the here now. This is the Under the Blanket podcast. And uh, let's just settle into this moment. Don't push, don't pull, don't try. There's nothing to achieve. Just be here now. And whatever your humanity is going through, that's okay. It's really, we're going to be in this simplicity and innocence. And just let the listening happen and all that. It's all really one. And uh, here is, I have on the show today myself, in absolute truth, I have myself on the show uh, in a different, but you know, the one manifests as the many, and in the many, that is an important level. Keep it together on all levels. We have Marcus uh, Rummery returning to the show. Say hello, Marcus. Namaste. Namaste on your couch. <laughs> What's that? Namaste, Namaste on your couch. Indica means in the couch. Yeah. We're and like Namaste on your couch, you know, uh, Elise came up with that one. And, you know, I look at it as like Namaste, but what about Namaste on your couch? Meaning, would you, if it came down to it, let me crash on your couch if I was homeless? It's like, it's not exactly namaste we're all one and we are all one but like a different level of it like the human carrying level and it also has a humor element to it yeah right? it's funny yeah yeah and you can <laughs> stay on my couch it's have you ever said that, that to someone I mean, in a yoga class what's that have you like say you do those yoga classes right yeah we end so what is it like i mean the stereotype yoga teacher like you you let's just be stereotypical they'd be that guy in that movie um, couples retreat or something, yeah, and he's yeah. all up in everybody's girl, and, and like getting yeah, closer. I gotta adjust the the and every actually he was on everybody. He was on all the men and the women, just really sexual with each person, like individually. Like this is gonna help your downward dog, and he's humping her. Like yeah. is that you, Marcus? Just be clean about it. Come on, admit it. Uh, it's. I wish it was like me. I wish I could be that overt about it, but I have to be subtle. Because people out here aren't ready for that level yet. Not until 2030. 2030, uh, and that's when people stop being so uptight and be like, whatever about that, right? Because it's exactly. not like you're going to get AIDS. They're wearing pants. Well, we have, we out of Vancouver, uh, everyone takes PrEP. <clears throat> what is that? It's an anti-AIDS uh, prevention uh, drug. So this is a chance for the sexual revolution to come back? And Marcus is the leader. Uh, Ground zero right here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a great topic, right? The sexual revolution. I mean, they VH1, you know, as much as it's television, television sucks and it's brainwashing, culture engineering and all that propaganda, capitalist propaganda. But there is occasionally cool stuff on it back in the day. VH1 did this history of the sexual revolution uh, from the 50, 20s, the 20s to the, the end of it, which was not 1980, people usually say. And just like how, what would you say that? I would say the counterculture period was sixty-six to seventy-three. But then even if the you get sexual the, revolution. the sexual revolution, maybe a few more years than that, but like not nineteen eighty. I'd say by the mid seventies, I don't know, like I guess by Club Fifty Four and Plato's Retreat and all those places you used to hang out. Yeah, I hey, mean that's what I get from it. Yeah. What were you saying? Bob, was that yeah. your birthday yesterday? Oh, my birthday. Yeah. Well, I, uh, if people follow Baba Here Love on Facebook, I, I call it the morning day. Um, 
which basically is a cosmic joke setup. Ramana Maharshi is what people would say was a saint in India. And, you know, it's not about the words. He'd be being here now, and that's eternal being. And out would come out of his incarnation some profound statement. And one thing he said was people should on their what the, the birthday, meaning what people call the birthday, the day your incarnation is born, call mm-hmm. it. They should mourn it as a, about samsara. And that's when you, you're getting caught up in samsara by you're taking birth in the back first into life. the cycle of, of birth and death. You're supposed to escape those cycles. I, I don't know, man. I, I picked up some karma last night because I yelled at an innocent person. Yeah. Because they wouldn't, they wouldn't put on my football game at the sports bar, and I got in a fight. I got, I got pretty upset about it, Mama. Well, you know, let's talk about that. I mean, when it comes down to that, um, the person that gets upset about it is the person that would celebrate a birthday, the incarnation. Uh, that's part of our humanity, and uh, you don't have to be upset about there's an incarnation. You just let it be as it is. It has ups and downs and emotions. And there's a past and a storyline. It's all okay. Like the 99% of humanity struggles with a negative core ego structure. It's like they may be a very confident, successful person, but deep down in their head, they mm-hmm. feel like not quite enough. Usually something that they have a, a specific thing. Like, you know, let's just go there. Like my dick's not big enough. That really could be you know, probably a guy problem. with a lifted truck. And, you know, yeah, it's funny to us. But to that guy, like, that's the core of why he's having problems. That's why he has to go to those Trumper rallies and so on. A lot of now, my friends have small dicks. Yeah. I, I picked them for that reason. There you go. <laughs> well, the thing is, you just look at it. The Like people call shadow work really can be very simple. You just look at the core of it and just be like, it's okay as it is. It's yeah. just thoughts that they come and go. We don't have to juice it all up. Can you dig that? Yeah, I can dig that. And it's a new moment. Like, this moment is a new moment. Start again. Yeah, you might fall on your face probably a lot. We all do on the spiritual path. You pick yourself up. It's a new moment. You are the Holy One. You are the Buddha. Just like the Poodle in Idaho. You know, it's all right. Yeah, I'm the Buddha, so they should turn on the football game when I sing. Yeah, well, what you do have to do is just take a shit in the middle of the scene. (laughs) That would probably get people's attention. I would. Yeah. I got their attention all right. I was acting like a fool. Yeah. And what Caring. did you guys physical fight or anything? No, 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 no. No, I'm Canadian. Okay, so you guys <laughs> just like play hockey in the meantime. You just go out and then and just play hockey and solve it uh, that way. We're just a little more subdued. Just get you maple syrup each other. You get naked, the maple syrup in the middle of the woods, full moon, and you wrestle it out, huh? That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Can't it be two chicks, though? I mean, no offense. <laughs> Maple syrup wrestling. I think yeah, our ship has you know, come it's in. Like, what were you saying? I think our ship has come in here. This is probably our best opportunity to finally get rich. There you go. We just have to start the Maple Syrup Canadian Wrestling Foundation. Bob, you syrup. could run the dudes. That section of it. I'll run the chick section. I'll prove every woman. With a private meditation lesson. That's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, regressive idea that gender is binary like that, Baba. Well, okay, you're right. I am with that. Look, (laughs) you're right. I'm with the LGBTQI trans revolution. I think that stuff is really cool. But you know why they put 
the L is the first letter, right? Of uh, LGBTQIA. And this is a yeah. very unpopular point of view, I imagine. But the L is the first letter because lesbians won. They won. And this sense of lesbianic flow runs through the whole cosmos. Uh, but, but black lesbian flow. And I know this sounds absurd, I mean, to the rational mind, but your heart feels something. When I say the word lesbian, don't you feel something in your heart that's like funny, pure, but also heartbreakingly relevant? And it's well, not about lesbians. lesbians. What? I think of women I have no chance with. Is that it? Come on. No, it's what it is is um, uh, the lesbian and black put together. So say black lesbian power. That yeah. is the ultimate power because black people are the most put down in the modern society, in my view. And mm. within the black community, the lesbian black woman would be put down. So well, according to intersectionality, you, your, your, uh, your marginalization stack up. So if you're black and a lesbian, say, and like handicapped or something, then you uh, are the most marginalized. And then on the their hierarchy, you're at the top. Yeah, so if you if you bring that up with le- black lesbian power, that's a way of harmonizing, feminizing, bringing, it's a yoga of, of the earth, I feel. I mean, I just feel, and you know, add in as absurd as it may sound, pelicans. Like I go in the street and I just start saying pelican, pelicans for president, pelicans. And yeah, it's a little funny. Some people snicker or laugh or some people might think it's strange, but it's not also it's a cosmic humor to it. It has a heart vibration about pelicans. <laughs> I just, it just, I, pelicans come on. Pelicans you, or black lesbians. Yeah, or is it both? I feel like and I also feel this connection between goat and Bob Barker. There's something about goats and Bob Barker. Goats yes, Bob it's Barker. all connected. But, but did he have them spayed and neutered? connections there, right? Got Bob Barker fucked the goats? No, it, look, it's just like black lesbians fuck the pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> there, black lesbians and pelicans for president. Well, you know, going to the urge to merge. Think, going into that, the urge to merge. What it comes down to is whether people want sex, or experience, or uh, drugs, or uh, anything that they feel is not in this moment. Then that. Like that's that urge to merge because if you merge into the flow, then you could be taking a shit and it could be just as cool as a trip or going to Six Flags Great Adventure or uh, a po- really powerful sexual ritual involving lesbians. But if Whatever you felt, it is, why would you bother with all that stuff? If 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 everything felt the same, this the perfect ecstasy in every activity, why go to Six Flags and have orgies? Just sit there, like yeah. Like, now that is a very good. Um, that that is very good to bring that up but yeah it, your life would probably tend to get simpler for these people and you wouldn't go have those experience but there's a there's a kind of way to have your cake and eat it too just realize right. that you are that being that sees it all as one and sees it all as the self the divine self and then you have a human incarnation that might have tendencies or trips or experiences or be into classic rock or whatever it is or into chicks lesbians uh Hmm. rituals or whatever it is um and just embracing that so without identifying with it so if it's if you're a potter and you make pots and that's your thing you don't have to be busy being the potter you're the hollow bamboo you're just being here now and that's in the flow you know so then you could still go to six flags potentially 
and that would be in your flow and that'd be your dharma. And maybe at Six Flies, you connect with a person there. You just look into each other's eyes and that person catches your vibration and their whole life changes potentially. Potentially, you could have an orgy with them at the Six Flags. There you go. And about the secret Six Flags orgies, you know, um, and don't say the number six again, you know, make sure you don't say six three times. But underneath Uh Six Flags is a secret layer, you know, of, of lesbianic orgies and rituals. And all of it's filmed, of course. Um, like but it's like there's another internet that most people don't know about. I'm not supposed to blab about this, but on that internet, we could be plugged into all that um, digitally as well. And of course, it involves all kinds of candles and skulls and lots of skulls. Like, and real, but that's not like they hurt anybody. They just dug up the skulls from the graveyards. Mm. And, you know, how, what, you know, the skulls just sitting there in the ground. Is it really that disrespectful to dig it up? and put it into a lesbian ritual. <laughs> it's the, the, it's the, the skulls who, who are the, the progeny of those skulls might be, might disagree that you should dig up their remains. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I guess, you know, see, that's the thing is you, you're able to intuitively consider all the ethical uh, flows of a situation. Like when you're grokking it rather than intellectually analyzing the ethics, like that goes back to like, I remember, when Baba Hirlove went to school, uh, he studied uh, philosophy in part of his major. And like Kant was like this really intellectual ethic person and had this whole theory of ethics. And you could just tell on based on his writings that he's sitting there thinking about it. And it's very intellectual, but it's, it's not always like that. There are situations are intuitive when it comes to ethics yeah. a lot of the time, but especially in modern wrote- society. Right. I wrote a book called uh, Critique of Pure Reason. So he recognized that, uh, in his opinion, uh, there's a mystical, maybe intuitive component to philosophy. This, this more alien to the English empiricists who are more about what can we prove? Ah, uh, yeah. So he did pay, like, he did recognize that. I just remember when I was reading it that it, even that was from his intellectual perspective. Hmm. He was like considering that, like kind of like William Blake, you know, William Blake wrote varieties mm. of really, and but he, he did have an experience on nitrous oxide of those other Blake, states of consciousness. Uh, what was it? Not William Blake, William no, James. Oh, um, you know what's his name? The one varieties of the religious experience. Yeah. What's his William name? James. William James. William James. Yeah, and he had experiences, but when he came down, he went back into his rational intellect. And that's uh-huh. the perspective his writings came from, even even if you have yeah. an experience like that. He wrote down that the meaning of the universe was the smell of burnt almonds. <laughs> really? I don't remember reading that part. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that makes not as much sense as uh, black lesbian power and all this. I really <laughs> feel like it's the, the it's that these words are playful. They're like when see, he's using words. I'm here now. And. These words are offerings like Rumi offered to the sacrificial fire, and they're burned in the purity of our silent connection. We meet in between the words in the silent and the flow and the feeling of expanding and opening. Can you dig that? I can dig it. Yeah. So I just feel like and the listeners are plugged in on that, too. And, you know, that when it goes that that's an interesting way to look at it is that it that. It all, it's, it, you, 
the little things and the big things, like say being a world leader and making a difference as say a Martin Luther King, are being just like some person down the street that goes to the store and works at um, a convenience store or whatever, something like that. And they live a simple life and feel like no one ever recognizes this. They're lonely, maybe. Maybe they have a sleeping karma, you know, where you you're, you have a karma where you don't have some debts to repay or some weird shit to deal with, but you just flow. And, and that's like the happiest, most blissful incarnation you can have. Yes, that could be potentially be really happy and simple and beautiful incarnation. But what, mm. what I'm going into is uh, that person has just as much impact. You know, this mm-hmm. is like the, the whole conspiracy culture is really fun to me to look at because, yeah, there's all this evidence and there's stuff that points towards certain connections and plots and all that. But what mm-hmm. does it come down to with the culture? They always talk about blaming some nefarious group and all that kind of stuff when it's really just like a system and it's all a holistic connections and people make all kinds of impact in their own individual ways. And it's all part of the the patterns of karma and nature. And yeah, so it really just feels like that's just a person pointing their finger at something external. It's the bad guys at the top. And that, you know, just like a lot of leftists. It's, 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 it's placing the evil outside yourself. Yeah. And like, that's like all sums up all politics almost. You have to like wipe away the political spectrum because it's all just, a way to blame someone other than yourself. Do you think the uh, Republicans are going to win in the in the midterms? Yeah, um, I I say probably not. Maybe a little bit, but I think it's yeah. going to stay this way for a little longer. But regardless of that, the Supreme Court in the United States has gone conservative. That's where uh, all these changes are being made of like rolling back progressive things. Uh, week by week more, but they're still existing. They're just like toning it down. And really that's what politics is. Good cop, bad cop, uh, you know, and they all work for the system kind of deal. But, you know, I, whatever, I still remain that we're going through this. The sixties are back and 1967 forever eternity. Now this revolution. I, hope so. of consciousness. I don't think we so. Always are getting more conscious in each moment. And yeah. uh, I don't, I really <laughs> I think 67 was more fun than this. 1967 was more fun than this. Yeah, right. If some people could look at it like that. But from my perspective, I in my I'm kind of like, I guess you could say living in the 67 in my heart. And regardless of where other people want to be in my town or wherever, they could be living in a draggy kind of way looking at it. But from my way of looking at it, it always feels magical and I can connect with people on the street and live as if it was 1967 and that's what i think it's more about it's a state of consciousness and awareness a perspective not necessarily literally 1967 is the forever i mean i guess it, it is though in the sense that it's all one so that includes all of time and space and all the levels and all it's all it's infinite like william blake said infinite mm-hmm. right it's also 1945 too yeah, so it's also 1945. It's all, uh, and from the perspective of like quantum, go, let's go quantum. Uh, quantum time, activating quantum black lesbian power. We are going quantum in three, two, one. So, Sparks. quantum. <laughs> you feel the quantum? Do you feel it in your pizza yoni, Marcus? Oh, yeah, my pizza yoni? Yeah. <laughs> A reference to a previous show we did. 
Anyway, so the quantum level is that it's all happening now. That yeah. that this particular universe is just one level of infinite levels. And this is just like in the illusion of time and space, this moment in time is just one moment of all infinite timelines of this level. And all yeah. that is infinite. And all that is part of this moment. And how can you like feel like, oh, this this is a crappy day and you know this I feel like it's not this not the sixties anymore. When you live in that state of consciousness, you could bring the sixties to the scene. So next time Marcus goes to a bar, he doesn't have to shout out nineteen sixties forever or whatever, live like Baba Here Love. But in the energy, you go in there, you sit down in that bar with regardless of what football game is going on, you are being the sixties. So you could talk about football, boring, and to talk about boring stuff like sports, but be in the 60s. <laughs> so you just finish every sentence with man or baby. There you go. Right. Lucy Lyons, baby. Yeah, okay. just end, end anything with baby. Yeah, baby, it's all right, baby. <laughs> Dig it, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Dig it, baby. Grok. That, the word grok comes from the 60s. Yeah, Grok was from that book, Stranger in a Strange Land, and it was used amongst the counterculture. And it makes a lot of sense. That book is really incredible. They were good. Tom Hanks and all these people were going to make it, but they realized the free love orgy part of the book wouldn't go over well. And that was a big part of the last second half. Yeah, it would be seen as like anti feminist, maybe. Not from a first wave pe- feminist, but from the later forms of maybe neo feminism, you could call it, and so on, where yeah. it's like a sense anti-orgy. of superiority. Yeah. Hmm. Which, you know, what do you feel about that? You know, there's, of course, the feminism of most uh, people that understand we're all one, of course, we're all one. So, are, but what about the sense of superiority that has come? Sprung from the fall of the ERA in America and so on. Some of that. What would you say about that? Uh, Are you a male rights activist? You're going to get Jordan. My male rights activist? No, I'm not. But, but I think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jordan. This are, is Jordan Peterson, isn't it? You work for Jordan Peterson and the CIA, don't you? <laughs> Men have much higher suicide rate, prison rate, lower education, lower incomes, more victims of violent crimes. Uh, more poorly educated, uh, don't do as well on social media uh, dating apps. So I think it's because they uh, got small dicks and they got no confidence. So get off my dating apps. Those are for Baba Here Love. He's got the he's got the he's got the I'm activating now the black cunnacost. It's the cunnacost of contastic cuntness. And now all the cunts of the hot chicks are on fire. The fire of divine humor and love. The, the kind of cost. And there's a list from Schindler Kunster. And <laughs> only Jewish, hot Jewish chicks have made the list. The rest, they're getting kind of costed in the fire of being a cunt. Yay! Wow. Got a lot in there, uh, Baba. Pentecostal fire. Were you raised in the, in the evangelicals or something? Yeah. Well, you know. Some of that, like I remember in the Baba Here Love storyline at one point, 2018, going into this black church. And, you know, it, it was like you'd think, you know, a fun, animated, had that element. But then there was an element I didn't even expect where this one, most people there were cool and they were getting, I was getting into the spirit and saying, Jesus, Jesus, and all that kind of stuff. And that was fun. But one lady 
she turned it into a competition. And I was like, what the fuck? And she started getting louder, and I'm getting a little bit. So I'm like, well, might as well run with this. So I'm just getting, we're going back and forth. Who could be louder, praises of Jesus? And I'm just like, what the fuck? Is this about Jesus? Or is this about just trying to compete with each other? Us Americans, we got to make everything into a competition. If it's a sp- dancing, it's got to be dancing with the stars competition. If it's singing, American Idol, who's the better singer? Cracker, you're all the same. Just enjoy the dancing. Yeah, I agree with that. But like uh, how who, many competition shows does the world need, right, Marcus? Canada yeah, probably. Well, you know, you know how like right? there's no bands anymore. Like there's no there's no good bands anymore because they turn rock and roll into a game show and it just sucks. And so like who's American Idol and it's terrible. Where's where's no? But what band? about bands like what you're involved in? Like yeah, that's true for that level of the mainstream. It's in the West. We have yeah. a song about you called Bobby Here Love. Well, when am I gonna hear this shit? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll call you if I go over to my be- my buddies tonight. I'll I'll call you when we're gonna play it. All right, that's cool. And tell me the gist of it. Tell the under the blanket listeners what this. Um, Those beer. Will, <laughs> will they be able to access it online at some point? Yeah, you'll be able to get it online. Cool. And the chorus um, is. Tell, tell us what it's about if you could. It's the chorus is nothing should be different than it is and it isn't. Yeah. That's the chorus. Well, that is that sums it up. That's how I look at things is it's OK as it is. And just that that really that what power compares with just allowing it all as it is like right now, I'm allowing this person to talk and allowing at least and it's just it's always changing on in the nature. But that brings us back, brings us right back to the moment. And that's enough. That's where I got when I did psychedelics. To the to simplicity, yes, you could get the visions and the really intense parts of it, but ultimately nothing compares to the simplicity of being here now. When I was my mo- my best trips, I was being present with it. You know, you dig that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm drinking ayahuasca on November 12th. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I I had had a trip recently, like a month ago or something. I forget exactly when. And wow. I was just like, I remember sitting in the bathroom and just like, I, but you think it's what it comes down to is it just, it's so much, I'm not at the point where that was, there was the trip and there was my regular life. It all blends together. So it's all just going deeper and it never ends. It's like that sense of, it's all a big psychedelic trip of just being on any plane, like from that perspective. Why, why and I, like, so all, it, all it does is it sounds like it's the same as your normal consciousness, just being in the present but moment. it's that's what's fun about it though that's what's fun about it because it also has a sense of it like i don't know if you were there Alice was there and it was just like it was just also clear but it's clear right now it's i feel clear now that i am this infinite being but yet it was helpful it was helpful ah this is it i was looking for the answer about this and we almost got to wrap it up neem Karol baba said LSD helps the world. This is what I realized on this trip. Yes, it is like my normal consciousness. I'm able to live in this state of consciousness because the Divine Mother sustains me. That's the key to me staying in this consciousness. It's all the Mother and that she sustains me. And then she keeps me in this being here now state. Isn't it dualistic to have a mother versus a father? Isn't that like but a kind of... We play as two. We are, I am the mother. We play as the two. Okay. You could dig that. It's a Leela. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not that it's separate. It's um it's a play. It's a Leela. Um, so going back, wait, 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 wait. 
Oh, yeah. LSD. So, Benin Pearl Baba said LSD can help the world. And what I realized is, say, as far as my Baba Here Love awakening consciousness, it, it's not necessarily about that taking the psychedelic. What it was about is, as I take it, I feel the world get helped through, through Baba Here Love taking it. Mm-hmm. So, that blew my mind when I was considering That's- that during the trip. Not in a way like it would, it, it, it's just, it's all. It's like the whole world, when it, when you take a psychedelic, the whole world takes a psychedelic because we're all part of this cosmic consciousness. Can you take uh-huh. that? Yeah. Well, that, that Rupert Sheldrake, this biologist, had a theory called morphic fields that if one member of a species learned something, all other species had access to that new learning. So a drug like, go on, psilocybin, go on, sorry. A drug like psilocybin is really useful because so many people have taken it. So you have all these morphic res- all this morphic resonance uh, through these morphic fields of people that have gone before you. Versus yeah, some- that makes sense. That resonates that he's tuning in something with that. And mm. uh, you know, but we have reached the end of the show, Marcus. So if you could just tell tell plug some of your stuff or something. I mean, people that yeah. listen to the show heard of you before. My girlfriend's so, name is Amy. She wants to, my girlfriend wants me to talk about her. So she uh, her name is Amy, and she has uh, she works in the daycare business. She manages a daycare at the Hope Center. <laughs> but uh, my uh, my book is Shamanic Graffiti, and it's about psychedelic therapy, an alternative history of the brain. Uh, my website is therummery.ca. I have an audio book on Audible, uh, Shamanic Graffiti, second edition. And I'm writing a, a novel right now called Enlightened Beardo and, uh, and the Shamanic Enneagram, which is a science fiction self-help book that comes with an app called Shiva Spire Academy that helps to prepare you for your psychedelic therapy sessions. That's beautiful. All right. It's just, uh, it's nice to hear these things happening. And you know, that sounds like the sixties being back, Marcus. Not the sixties forever, <laughs> forever. Whitey, whitey down, whitey down. You're black now. Both of you are black. All yes. Right. B-L-A-K. All right. This has been Under the Blanket with your host, Baba Here Love. And remember, it's just like a game of Elisa's here, and she's a black. She's black, right? You're black. You are black. Black power. And uh, remember that um, it's just like a game of chess. Black wins. Whitey loses. So you just realize that you become one of the black on the inside, like the black heart of Kali. It's just a Layla, the play. Yes, it's the Leela. Yes, it's part of the Leela. It all is part of the Leela. And that's a great note to end on. Take us out, Marcus. Layla got me on my knees, Layla. Mm-mm-mm. I'm begging, won't you ease my worried mind? Yes! Clapton is God. Clapton is God. It's all God. This has been Under the Blanket with Marcus Rubbery, and we're all here. It's all just be here now. Uh, that's it. One and Elise adds at the end, one love. Ah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>